0: Provoke Podcast is brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialists Mark Tears. Support for this podcast comes from Notified, the integrated, intelligent, and easy to use PR software. Get a free demo today at Notified.com. Hi, I'm Arthy Shaw, Executive Editor for Provoke Media, and Today, we're going to have another conversation about the future of work. So, the last, I guess, 18 months and counting has fundamentally changed us as human beings. And there are some far reaching implications for all areas of our life, um, including or perhaps especially the way we work. And, you know, as we are all looking at office reopenings in the US anyway, um, you know, We've been hearing a lot of different perspectives, you know, um, especially from leaders, not just from our business, but from the entire business community, right? We've heard some CEOs whose perspectives have been quite innovative and others that have been quite tone deaf um, and everything sort of in between um, as we all are sort of embracing what is this major inflection point in the way that we work. But no matter what the CEOs say, Um, the data that's emerged around this topic have painted a pretty clear picture. And that's that employees want flexibility and where they work and when they work. In fact, I think some surveys have shown that flexibility is now a core benefit that ranks only second to compensation. Um, To sort of drive this point home, I'll actually read a couple of the headlines that I've seen just in the last couple of weeks. One is from Recode. Companies that make people return to the office will lose employees. Uh, One is from the Wall Street Journal. Remote work is the new signing bonus. And another is from the New York Times. We need remote work for everyone. So you get the idea. So on today's call, we're going to talk to someone, or on today's episode rather, um, we're going to talk to someone who is part of the leadership team of an agency that has gone mostly remote in response to employee demands. Beth Haken is EVP at Method Communications, and we're going to have a lightning Q&A on why it's critical for PR agencies, even those who before the pandemic were firmly rooted in in in-person work, um, to embrace remote work. Welcome, Beth. Thanks, Arthi, it's great to be here. So tell me about Method's journey from being mostly in-person to mostly remote.
1: Yeah, you know, it's happened quickly. I think it's surprised all of us by how incredibly successful it's been. Methods started out in Salt Lake City, um, very office-based culture, moved to San Francisco, then opened an office in New York. And, you know, we've always had, we've always been a very uh, reasonable agency in terms of work-life balance and prioritizing family life. So we always had some flexibility in terms of being able to work from home, you know, one day a week or come in late or leave early for, kids plays or whatever but um, really had not had not made that transition to fully remote work until the pandemic hit us like a freight train and in the space of about 48 hours we sent everyone home and uh, and you know that that really changed that changed everything
0: so I I guess on that note, I mean, what was the most important sort of mindset shift that had to happen to, to, to embrace remote work and to, and to adjust from being an in-person agency to being one that was mostly remote, or I guess all remote, um, if we're for talking about the start of the pandemic.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I think a couple of things. So one is just to trust that creativity can happen anywhere and that what's, you know, the most important weapon that you have as a PR agency is the smartest people, the best talent, and you need to be flexible enough to get that talent to come to you. Um, And that may include hiring people who don't live near one of your offices, right? It's, it's super important. People's lives change, you know, their, their husbands or wives get jobs in different places or somebody needs to go back to graduate school or there's an elderly parent who requires someone to move close by you know all of these things are super super important in terms of the way that people prioritize their lives and it's insane to lose people over those i think that's one you know one thing is just you you really come to prioritize getting the best talent and keeping the best talent versus where that talent is located Um, I think uh, another big shift and, you know, people have different words for this, but you really just have to focus on the work. It's not about the hours, Um, it's not about the location, it's not about the proximity, it's about is the work getting done. And once you start to focus on the work, the the need for a location-based solution just sort of goes up in smoke.
0: So, so that that's a good um sort of segue into my into my next question and that's you know these these three c's right which are which are the reasons that, that some um you know in our industry would would come out against remote work and that's culture collaboration and creativity um, i'm curious to know how you all have managed those three areas of method
1: yeah so obviously this is a uh this is a moving target we're all you know, we're all kind of getting used to this and trying to figure out what we're doing and what happens next as the world evolves. But, um, you know, I think I think the most important thing, um, let me start that again, uh, culture, collaboration, and creativity. It's really critical to understand that those are all intentional things. They don't happen organically, automatically, just because you have people in the same place. Um, And I know, you know, pre pre pandemic pre working from home there were times when i you know looked around the method office or other offices that i've been a part of and you look around you see all these people on their headphones and they're all you know working on their laptops in the same room and like that's not culture that's not collaboration right that's just a whole bunch of people who happen to be working in the same location and so once you start to separate that from location um, I think it becomes much easier. I think you also you have to think about um, what each of those actually means to people and honestly, certainly as far as culture goes, you've got to ask your employees. I have always been a huge, huge proponent of employee surveys and interviews and asking people what they really want versus assuming that, you know, everyone of a certain age or persuasion wants this benefit or, you know, wants to work like this. And, um, you know, we did a, a quick and dirty survey recently. It was super fascinating. The thing that people prioritize the most in terms of what they want or associate with the office culture is that social benefit. The top thing that people, we ask people, what would you come into the office for? Having lunch with someone was the number one thing. Um, even more than a client meeting, even more than sort of water cooler buzz, although both of those ranked. And so if you think about that, you think, well, that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily have to be associated with people coming into an office. Um, you know, I could organize a lunch at my house and invite some people. We could pick a restaurant in Oakland that's easy for people to get to and meet up. If, you know, if that's what's important to culture is sort of creating these shared experiences, you can do that associated with an office or not associated with an office at all.
0: I think that's such an excellent point. And I think the key word you used there was intentional, right? I think people are having to be more intentional about building cultures and places for people to, cl- or ways for people to collaborate. I think um, Brent Heider, who's the president and chief people officer at Salesforce. I think he said it best, you know, he said, the, the nine to five workday is dead and the employee experience is about more than ping pong, pong tables and snacks. Right. I feel like there was a moment where people were shorthanding culture with like bar carts and, you know, you know, having snacks in the office. And now people are going to have to really be much more intentional about, about that. And when it comes to creativity, I, you know, we've said this before, but we saw some of our best work in the Innovation Sabre Awards North America 2021, as well as the Sabre Awards North America 2021. And this is work that was, you know, brainstormed and and, and executed um, while everybody was fully remote. So if that's any indicator, it did not seem like the, the creativity of the industry suffered at all in 2020. Um, Beth, just, Closing. I mean, I mean, what would you say to anyone in our industry, whether they're agency side or whether they're brand side, who who's having a tough time coming around to um, a more flexible working environment? Um, what advice would you give them?
1: You know, it's a great question, um, and I guess it's a little it's challenging for me to answer because. I think about that. And I think, how could it be hard to come around to this idea? This is such a no-brainer for me. You know, this is like we all should have done this years ago. I think about the number of years that I spent, you know, getting up early so that I could get a parking space, make it into the city by a certain amount of time. I mean, there were years when I was in the city before 8 a.m. for, you know, days and days and days and wouldn't get home until after dark. And you think about that and you just think that's insane. Um but i guess you know the the best questions are always the simplest ones why mm-hmm. right this is what millennials and gen z are asking you know, when someone says to them, you know, you need to have your butt in this seat every day from 8.30 to 5.30, their question is why. And they're not being rude. They're actually interested. If there really were a good reason, um, that would be one thing. But, you know, the sort of arbitrariness and this idea like, oh, well, we've always done it this way or, you know, we've done it this way in the past and it worked. Um, that certainly may be true, but it, it just doesn't mean that that's the only way or the best way or, you know, so I think just taking a step back and asking yourself, why are you having a hard time letting go of this? What is it that you, you know, what is it that you miss? What is it that you're afraid of losing? And again, to your point, Arthi, that word intentional, you know, if what you fear you're going to miss is seeing your colleagues and having close relationships with your colleagues, I would just encourage you to think about the fact that those relationships don't aren't guaranteed to happen because people are in the same place and can happen even if they're not in the same place. So then the question is, if that's what's important to you, how can you work to put in place um, channels and ways that you can create those close relationships? Um, Because I think you can. I think everything that people liked or loved or valued about being together in an office can also be replicated and made even better um, when you're creating a work culture that respects people's lives, that allows them to take care of their parents and their kids and their pets and their gardens and their mental health and their physical health, just how could that possibly not be better for everyone?
0: Wow, very, very well said, Beth. Um, well I, I, I wanna I wanna keep this I wanna keep this short so so I know there's a lot more we can say, but but we'll wrap it up here and perhaps we'll have you back, Beth, to continue this conversation. Thank you again for your time.
1: Thank you, Arthur. It was really fun.
0: And we will be back soon with another episode of the Provoke Media Podcast. You have been listening to the Provoke podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the International Broadcast Specialists Marketeers. Support for this podcast comes from Notified, the integrated, intelligent and easy to use VR software. Get a free demo today at Notified.com.